Hello, and welcome to The Reading Room. This is Kate, or Mrs. Lemonade on Twitter, and a special guest, Mr. Lemonade. I don't have a greeting today. Today we will be reading A Different Perspective by House of Pixels, Chapter 10, Shower Thoughts. This fic is rated explicit. Please see the AO3 link in the description for additional tags. To say the rest of the night was intense would be an understatement. Both the Chaco and Bakugo had a metaphorical fire lit under their butts, with their mutual desire to figure out the link as fast as possible. They both knew they would not be able to sit idly by while another attack happened. They would not let it happen. Bakugo spent the better part of two hours repeatedly being assaulted by a Chaco's mind, building up barriers and watching as she tore them down invariably. He tried a number of different feeling walls, until he'd finally settled on one that Achako struggled to break down. It ended up feeling like a very sturdy sort of bulletproof material. Kevlar was the only word Achako could think of to describe it. Bakugo had let out an exhausted chuckle when she told him as much, amused by her unusual analogies. Then he'd turned his attention onto her, instructing her to try to resist his approaches. She'd gotten it down in less than an hour much to Bakugo's irritation. She tried to ease his bruised ego by pointing out she'd been watching him develop the technique firsthand through the link and that he shouldn't feel bad. He'd come up with the idea after all. That seemed to ease him a bit. The Chaco could still see his irritation in his tense shoulders and feel it radiating through the link. In a truly Aizawa-inspired action, Bakugo suggested they try to stay walled off for the rest of the night while in contact for as long as they could. Achako felt a weird sense of deja vu, trying to focus on keeping her wall up. It reminded her of when they'd first gotten off the morphine, or when they'd first instituted the skin-to-skin training of the link. It gave her a really inspiring sense of reflection on just how much she and Bakugo had accomplished. It sometimes felt like they were moving at a snail's pace, but since they'd been linked a little over a week ago, they'd progressed hugely. It gave her hope that they would eventually get a handle on this thing, maybe even be able to use it to their advantage. She could hope, right? They spent the rest of the night, or at least as long as they could hold their eyes open, looking through files with rebounded vigor, desperate to find something, anything, that would clue them into the intentions of the villains. At around 1am, Chaco suddenly felt Bakugo's mind press up against her barriers sluggishly. She looked over to see him fast asleep, having finally succumbed to his exhaustion. He still had a file open on his lap and a pen loosely grasped in his hand. She let her mental walls down, much to her relief, and sighed at the feeling of his sleeping mind slipping into place next to hers. It felt ridiculously good, like this was their new resting state, how it was supposed to be. She tried not to worry about how having his mind curled around hers felt more normal, natural even, than having their psyches separate was. It was a real shift from how she'd felt those first couple of days, and the sudden change in her impression of this whole thing was unnerving, to say the least. Nonetheless, she couldn't help but relax into the contact, finally feeling at peace. She had gotten up, closed the file, and removed his pen from his loosely clenched hand setting both on the coffee table in front of him. The whole time she kept close watch on his mind to see if he was waking up, ready to spring away from him at a smallest hint he was becoming conscious. He'd never be okay with her fussing over him like this, 
stupidly obstinate in his proclamations of never needing help. She gently pushed him over so he was at least in a horizontal position on the couch, rather than sitting upright, and had covered him with a throw-pilt blanket. She let herself be okay with the wash of affection she felt for the stubborn man, since he wasn't there to chastise her for being a softy. She reasoned to herself, as she had gotten ready for bed herself, that it was impossible not to feel much closer to him with how much the link had changed. She was a naturally affectionate person, and he was just going to have to deal with her showing it to him now that they were close friends. Eventually, she settled into her bed in the sole bedroom of her apartment, just down the hall from Bakugo, but feeling as if she was sitting right next to him, due to how firmly his unconscious mind pressed against hers. She fell asleep ridiculously quickly, feeling at ease for the first time in a week. Achaka woke up the next morning to a loud bang, and the very distinct feeling of the wrenching of her stomach, indicating she was going to throw up. She gasped, attempting to catch her breath, cold sweat dripping down her spine. She had a terrible feeling that something was very wrong. She tried to force her sudden nausea down as she moved to sit up, only to have her head smack against something hard. She opened her eyes, realizing she had hit her head on her ceiling. Oh, crap. She had activated her quirk in her sleep. She looked around herself, still very disoriented, noting she was in her room, floating several feet above her bed. She lowered herself back to her bed, biting back the weirdly strong nausea she was feeling as she woke up more soundly and recalled what had happened. This was the first night she'd spent back at home since she'd been hit with a mind-melding quirk. It was also the first time in years she'd accidentally floated herself in her sleep. Definitely the first time in a long time, something as low-level as floating herself made her nauseous. A chill went down her spine, and she felt her stomach drop in anticipation of the terrible something she could feel was about to happen. God damn it! Came the cry from down the hall, making Achako reflexively reach across the link for Bakugo, only to find him hastily putting up a wall, more sloppily than he had yesterday. He was successful, however, and she couldn't get through to feel what was causing him to exclaim so loudly. Chaka willed her nausea away, knowing she'd dealt with way worse situations, and informing her body that it had to get its shit together. She curiously poked her head out of her doorframe, glancing down the hall, smelling the distinct smell of smoke and caramel. Oh no. She leapt out of her room, into the hall now in full panic mode, worried something had happened. What if the villains had infiltrated her apartment? Was Bakugo okay? Was he walling himself off because he was injured? She was suddenly very awake and ready for a fight, adrenaline pumping. What's wrong? Where? She burst out into the living room, fist raised only to falter. Bakugo was sitting on the couch, head between his legs, breathing deeply. His throw blanket was smoldering slightly, and there were scorch marks on her ceiling. At her entrance, he glared up at her, pointing a finger accusatorily. Achako felt her panic fizzle out as she failed to find any sort of threat. Fucking stop. He instructed her firmly, his face pale. Achako stopped moving forward, confusion screwing up her face. Stop? Stop what? What was going on? I, uh, okay? Achako said, unsure. Stop what exactly? I can't see what you want with your wall up. She gestured vaguely towards him, subtly eyeing the smoking blanket, worried it may catch fire again. Stop doing whatever the fuck you're doing that made us so nauseous, 
he said as color returned to his face. Clearly the wall he directed to keep her out had successfully stopped her nausea from leaking over to his side. Well, at least I knew his theory about the mental walls stopped flow of damaging emotions worked. Oh, yeah, that, Achako stated, swallowing her fading urge to throw up. I accidentally activated my quirk while I was asleep. I'm not so nauseous now. Bakugo made eye contact with her as he slowly straightened up from his bent-over position. The jolt snapped Bakugo's mental wall apart as their eyes connected, and Achako shuddered at the shock that went through them both as their minds were forced back together. She didn't think she'd ever get used to the feeling of the jolt, and certainly not one like this morning that left the tips of her fingers tingling. It must have been the adrenaline they were both feeling that made it this strong. Ugh. Well, I guess our walls are no match for the jolt. See? Not so nauseous now. Chaco disentangled her mind from his, happy to find he wasn't feeling secondhand nausea anymore, but was instead feeling very annoyed and kind of jittery. He leaned back into the couch and ran a hand through his spiky hair, which now was desperately in need of a haircut, seeing as he still hadn't had time to go get one yet. It was mildly distracting to the Achako, and she had to wonder, again, what had changed so drastically in the last week that made her focus on the mundane things like his need for a haircut. He sighed heavily, glancing around, and Achako felt both their spikes of an epinephrine fading as they both realized there was no threat. That made my top ten worst ways to wake up, he stated. Can we never fucking do that again? Sorry, Chaco said, rubbing her arm, embarrassed. I haven't done that in years. I don't know what happened. I must have had a nightmare or something. He just grunted, irritation and unease rolling across the link. Chaco was happy he'd put down his wall. It felt way weird to be separated that much. Like when she got the feeling she forgot something, but couldn't remember what. Being separate left her with just this nagging sense of not right. The feeling of the link ending in radio silence was just enough to put her on edge. It was much more comfortable to have him there, just brushing against her mind. Don't be sorry. Just be better. He mumbled irritably. Achako quirked a small smile at that. What an incredibly on-brand statement for him. Achako's amused gaze slid to the charred blanket which thankfully had stopped actively smoking. Uh, do you maybe want to tell me why you set my blanket on fire? She asked with a pointed stare at the now wrecked item. He followed her gaze and sighed, more irritation spilling across the link. It was tinged with a sense of unease, which Achako didn't know how to interpret. I'll replace it, he said, scowling at the item as if it had offended him, the unease he felt growing. Achako blinked, confused. She sided up to his side of the link, suspicious at his mood and evasive answer. Why was he avoiding the question? Her prodding caused him to swing his glare to her, giving her mental searching a swift slap to get her to stop. Just fucking leave it. Achako recoiled from the sting his mental batting had caused and rolled her eyes at him. He was so touchy this morning. It wasn't worth a fight, though, so she relented her mental inspection. Fine. I'm going to start some coffee. Do you want some? She pulled back from the link, letting it return to their established normal resting distance as she moved past him into the kitchen. He snorted at her rapid shift in mood, slumping back into the couch as she passed. 
I'll have a cup and then I'm going home to nap. Your couch fucking sucks to sleep on. Achako let out a low chuckle under her breath as she measured out the grounds and started the coffee maker. Like it was her fault he had exhausted himself to the point he fell asleep on her couch. What was her other option? Wake him up? Let him sleep with her in her bed? As if. She liked her head on her shoulders and not exploded across her wall, thank you very much. Sure, but take some files with you to look over. He scoffed mentally at her, sending the impression of, no shit. She felt an undercurrent of appreciation from him. Though he'd never admit it, he was thankful she'd just let him crash here, despite not having planned to do so. She could also feel how eager he was to get to his own apartment, and she totally commiserated with his desire for alone time. She was so down for her first no bakugo within 100 feet of her time in almost two weeks. It should be nice to reset for at least a few hours, Aizawa's instructions be damned. Ajako brought Bakugo's mug of coffee out of the kitchen, her own warming her palm in her other hand. She took a seat next to him on the couch and handed him his mug. He was avidly reading something on his phone and distractedly took his mug from her. He took a hearty sip and turned to give her a small nod, left side of his lips upturning slightly in thanks. He continued reading, and Achako sipped on her coffee, observing the rises and falls of his emotions with mild interest. He was intensely focused and had random bursts of anger. After a minute or two, he sighed and turned to face her, grabbing her full attention with a mental poke. The police have invited us to come and speak with Karayami Hito at three today, he stated, though Achako could tell from his general curious attitude and his mental probing of her response that he was questioning if she wanted to go. Oh? she asked, quirking her head to the side curiously. What do they think that would provide? I can't imagine we could do a better job than the police. Apparently he is insatiably demanding to talk with us. He hesitated, anger flaring acutely. The fucker doesn't even believe we could survive this quirk. The police think that we could shake his confidence if we proved him wrong. That gave a chuckle pause. From what she'd seen both personally and on the news when he was arrested... Kaneyami was an unstable individual. Seeing herself and Bakugo alive and well, hell, thriving even, after his quirk certainly could shake him up enough to get him to talk. It could work, she said tentatively, but it would mean putting us back in his radius. We don't know how his quirk works after it's activated. What if he can somehow affect the link while we're near him? There's a lot of fucking what-ifs with this kid, Bakugo countered gruffly, scoffing at her concerns mentally, exuding confidence from his side of the link. Achako sighed, knowing he was right that they couldn't worry about what-if situations, but still had reservations. Feeling accepting of his personal philosophy to launch face-first into trouble, and actually doing it herself, were two very different things. She just wasn't sure she wanted to jeopardize all the work they'd put into this quirk to have the kid mess up their balance again. They'd made so much progress— she would be lying if she said she wasn't afraid of what could go wrong. This kid's quirk was just so much stronger than anyone had thought was possible. There was nothing indicating that strength couldn't affect their link, should they get into physical proximity to Kaneyami. Achako, it's going to be fine. Stop worrying. Achako started at the use of her first name, eyes snapping to his. He felt equally as surprised that he'd used her name, and his side of the link flared with embarrassment and regret. 
Her thoughts were whirring so loudly she could almost hear them leak across their current mental distance. Chaka realized that obviously he had just slipped up and was currently trying to figure out how to proceed. Chaka cracked a smile after a beat and gave a delighted chuckle. It was rather ridiculous that they hadn't moved past surnames, given how closely their minds were linked. Chaka was fairly certain she knew things about him no one else did, and vice versa. He seemed to relax with her response, shock slowly drifting back to his irritated default. It's fine. I suppose it's kind of silly that we haven't been calling each other our first names. You can call me Achako if you want. He nodded, and Achako noticed what had to be a blush creeping up his neck and blooming on his cheeks, which was definitely a new sight for her. She felt her grin widen reflexively. But only if I can call you Katsuki, too, she chided verbally, watching in delight as his flush deepened. She tried very hard not to take delight in his discomfort but it was such an unusual occurrence she was going to milk it for all it was worth. Whatever. He rolled his eyes at her, doing his best to squash his anxious, nervous energy with his characteristic indifference, but Achako was linked to him and could totally feel how uncomfortable he was. She stuck her tongue out at him playfully, giving him a mental poke to punctuate it. He cleared his throat loudly and shook his head, as if trying to shake off his discomfort. Fucking... We're going, he said as he returned the topic to their invite to go to the police station. It may be the only thing we can do to help catch these assholes until we master the leak. He had her there. Chaco desperately wanted to do something to catch the rest of these horrible villains. Bakugo was practically twitching with his desire to burn them alive, which was a very unhero-like mentality. She couldn't really blame him, though. These guys were truly evil. Ugh. Okay, fine. She relented, throwing the hand not holding her coffee up in the air in surrender. We'll go. His emotions flared smugly, and he smirked at her, exuding that Baku brand confidence that was so infectious to her. She wondered briefly if he was feeling that way on purpose, just to make her cave to his mental state, but remembered that Bakugo had probably even less control than she did over how he felt. Read the email they sent us before we go. He told her, downing the rest of his coffee in a giant gulp and standing. Right if I use your shower? Oh, uh, sure. Clean towels are in the hall closet, she replied, not expecting the turn of conversation. There should be a spare toothbrush in the third drawer down, too, if you want. I guess I could have woken you up last night, too. It's fine. He interrupted her, already stalking towards her bathroom. As an afterthought, he added, Thanks. She just nodded dumbly, suddenly left on her couch still not really sure how the morning had taken so many twists and turns. Hell, how the last few days had taken so many twists and turns. She heard her shower turn on distantly as she processed the last few days of chaos. She felt her stomach drop at the memory of the Deku incident, and shoved the feeling back down, planning to deal with it later today, when Katsuki wasn't currently naked in her shower. Naked and hurt. Um... What? What the hell was up with her brain today? Achako blushed furiously at the intrusive thought, which she loathed to admit came with some very... Mm, appealing images, courtesy of her guttered brain. Oi, you okay? You got all full of adrenaline all of a sudden. You're not fucking bleeding out or some shit, are you? Achako let out an audible... Mm, cursing his somehow awful timing to be eavesdropping on her thoughts. 
I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. She could feel his suspicion rolling across the link at her response and could practically picture his eyes narrowing, clad only in a towel. God damn it. Chaco cursed her stupid brain. He didn't seem to notice the turn her thoughts had taken, which they had done for no apparent reason, might she add. She thanked the heavens that he hadn't picked up on her less-than-friend-like thoughts. Stop eavesdropping, she added defensively, trying her best to pull back from the link and simultaneously wash the all-too-attractive mental image of Bakugo's muscles rolling under the spray of her shower from her mind. Katsuki's. She reminded herself of their recent name change. Katsuki's muscles. Ugh, no! You're the one fucking calling for my attention across the link. What do you expect? What do you mean, call for you? I don't call for you. Achako was supremely confused. She didn't know anything about calling for him. Just thinking about him, and then he... Oh. Oh, crap. Was she somehow notifying him whenever she was thinking directly about him? She tried to think back on all the times he'd been able to read the thoughts she'd had intentionally sent across the link, but couldn't remember well enough to determine if her hypothesis was right. Uh, yeah, you do. It's really annoying. It pulls me right out of whatever the fuck I happen to be thinking about at the moment. Okay, that's weird. She had definitely never had that happen to her from Bakugo's thoughts, as far as she knew. That's never happened for me with you. What? Really? You've never... Well, that's a fucking relief. What's that supposed to mean? Don't worry about it. The fuck are you doing then? He backpedaled, closing off his side of the link more as she tried to figure out what he was so relieved about before distracting her with a more interesting question. She paused, pondering. She had a hunch that it had to do with her thinking about Bakugo directly, like he was overhearing her say his name and snapping his attention to her. Like overhearing your name spoken in a conversation you weren't participating in. Or something. Well, one way to find out, she supposed. She carefully thought to herself about how Kotsky was going to use all her hot water if he didn't hurry up. The brat. That! Whatever you just did. Also, it's been like five minutes. Chill. Okay, yeah. So she was right. He definitely was picking up on her subconscious thoughts about him. Or she was subconsciously calling out for him when she did. God, just when she thought she had a handle on the nature of the link. Oh my god. He could pick up on her thoughts about him. She had to get a handle on her less than pure thoughts about... Nope. She would avoid thinking directly about it from now on. Especially now that she knew he was being hailed by any mention of him by her subconscious. It was... This was already awkward enough. He did not need to be privy to her random, thirsty images of his... Achako stood up from the couch, interrupting her own thought process. She hurriedly scooped up her and Bakugo's mugs. Cleaning the dishes would keep her mind off of it, right? She went to her kitchen sink and began to wash the mugs and other dishes that had gathered in the last day with fervor, trying to get the imagined picture of... Are you sure you're okay? You're feeling very weird. Jacko jumped and spun on her spot at the sound of his voice, only to have her blush spread more at the sight of him rounding the corner into her kitchen and leaning against the wall, all the while ruffling his spikes dry with a towel, without a shirt on, with his very defined muscles rippling with his arm movements.
Achako squeaked out, quickly spinning around and furiously scrubbing the dishes, feeling supremely awkward and embarrassed. I'm fine, just remembering how horrible yesterday was. She covered for herself, knowing he could feel her emotional turmoil and not wanting him to figure out she was really just doing her best not to salivate over his deltoids, thanks to her mind's sudden reminder of her attraction to Bakugo. Sure, she knew he was attractive, but she'd never had to modulate her thoughts about it so he wouldn't know. It was turning into a darn cyclical nightmare. Like normally, she'd just have acknowledged the random thought and moved on, but because she was worried about him picking up on it, the more she thought about it and therefore the more she had to cover it up, which made her think about it more. Ugh. Deku's a moron. Don't let it get to you. He replied with a scoff, assuming her emotional state indicated she was talking about Deku. He paused like he wanted to say something else, words caught on his tongue. Achako turned to meet his gaze questioningly. He was looking at her with trepidation, red eyes narrowed in his patented scowl. He met her eyes briefly before turning his head away and stalking back towards the living room, apparently having decided better of it. Achako was still reeling from her own emotional crisis, and she barely noticed the awkward air about his side of the link. She let out a heady sigh as he left her immediate vicinity and slumped against the sink. It seemed she had one more thing to add to her to-process-later pile in her head as if she wasn't already overflowing with weird, horrific, and emotionally taxing shit to sort through. Sue was going to get one hell of a phone call this morning. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this reading, please use the AO3 link in the description to give the author a well-deserved kudos and comment. Also, don't hesitate to message us on Twitter with your requests for fix to be read.